Thanks for listening to the Voice Church Podcast. We are a new life-giving multi-ethnic church located in Orange County, California. We meet every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Tustin. For more information, check out our social media or our website at www.voice.church. And now, let's tune in to this week's message. I love that there's a lot of conversation around what you're doing for the trunk retreat. That makes my heart so happy. My family's going to be doing um, a, since it's kind of like under the sea themed inside for the glow and dark maze, we're going to be doing a um, Lego, or not Lego, sorry, not even close to Lego actually, Mario Brothers. <laughs> I don't know why I got Lego, um, but <laughs> Mario Brothers. But the under the sea one, where they're like in the tunnel, you know, under the sea, Mario Brothers, you get it. Anyways, it's going to be adorable. (laughs) Um, Anyways, it's so cute. So I love that we get to do this for our community. It's so much fun. Um, So we actually forgot to dismiss our middle schoolers. So if you're in middle school in this room and you have not yet dismissed to your small group, you can go ahead and do that now. Um, Just go out through these doors right here and head on into the the meeting room onto the left-hand side. Yeah, you can clear clap for them. They're so, they're so cute. Yes, get some Jesus. And much more like, you know, age-appropriate <laughs> place. So, well, hey guys, um, welcome. I'm so, it's so good to see you guys. I love seeing your face on Sunday mornings. Just, I wake up and I just, I think about you guys and I pray for you and what you're going through each week. And it's just, when I get to finally see your faces on Sundays, it's just like ugh, seeing family. So I love I love Sunday mornings, and I love that I get to be a part of this church. And um, if I haven't gotten to meet you yet, my name is is Natalie. And or if I have met you, my name is still Natalie. But <laughs> I work here, and so um, I love getting to share what God's put in my heart. And so uh, we've been in the middle of this series called "This Is the Way," and really, you guys have all probably seen The Mandalorian and Star Wars TV show, and it's really just this show about this group of people who has decided that they will refer back to their code of ethics, their, their way of being. And um, we thought it was a great correlation to us as Christians um, to, to be able to talk about what does it look like to be a Christian? What is the way that we're supposed to be following? What does it look like um, to put every single situation um, and hold it up to the way of Christ? And so we're going to be talking a little bit about that today. And we're going to actually be kind of talking about engaging in some Christ-centered conflict. And um, what a week for that to be the topic, right? Um, I didn't plan that. Obviously, I didn't plan for what happened in the world this week. And um, I'm not going to, you know, don't worry, I don't have a political lesson or anything like that for you today. Um, I really just want to talk about what it looks like to engage in conflict and submitting that to Christ. But I think more than ever, even just this week, it was reminding me that we've got to get this right. As believers, we have, to, we have to do things differently. And I was thinking about just the heartbreak for every single person whose life was lost this week in, in the conflict overseas. And um, every single one of those lives is so important to God. And whatever, whatever race or religion, it doesn't matter. God created them in his image and loves them so much. And so I just felt the heaviness this week of God's heartbreaking for what 
happens when we don't learn how to solve our conflicts in a way that honors him. And there's just so many things that can go wrong, including war, you know? And um, so I just want to keep that in mind as we're talking today. Um, It's heavy on me, and I'm sure it's heavy on a lot of us this week, just watching those images and seeing what happens when hatred is stirred up. And so I want to encourage us to do things a different way. And um, so every single one of us in this room, even if we're not part of the overseas thing, we're going to encounter conflict in our life. It doesn't matter who you are. You, you put us together with other humans, and we're going to have conflicts, right? Um, and conflict affects us, it seems like, more than almost any other issue. It's one of those things that keeps you up at night. It can affect your body. You get ulcers if you don't handle your conflicts, right? It can cause wars like we talked about. There's just so, there's just so much <laughs> conflict in our lives. And I just think, as believers, we've got to learn how to, we've got to, learn how to deal with it. And so the world just cannot be healed with more of the same. The world can't be healed with hardened hearts. The world can't be healed if we're not healing our own rifts in our own life. We can't heal the world if we're not healing within ourselves. And so it's so important for us to go ahead and do that. And so, like I said, because we all experience conflict, um, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna happen, no matter, who, no matter how godly you are, people are gonna see you wrong way, right? People are gonna say something that hurts your feelings, you're gonna say things that hurt other people's feelings, it just happens. But it's so important that we lean into this. Relationships are more important than any other thing in our life. When we get to the end of our life, we're not gonna wish we made more money or wish that we you know, ran more miles, which none of those things are bad, but we're gonna get to the end of our life and we're gonna go, I wish every single relationship was right. I wish I had the chance to make things right. And so today I want to talk about we we do have that chance. And so how can we do that? And so I think it's just so important to recognize that not a single one of us can do life alone. And in this individualistic society that we live in, it's really easy to think that we can do life alone, especially like, well, I lived through COVID and I was just fine alone. Probably not, though. You know, really, if we're honest, most of us have like major traumatic scars from that time in our life. But none of us is an island. We really cannot survive in this life alone. How many of you have seen the show Alone? No? None of you? Oh my gosh. Well, this, that fell flat. Okay, so uh, Alone is the show where you stick these like seasoned, um, like wilderness survival people out in the wilderness alone and they have to see how long they can survive in the wilderness, okay? And so they put them in all different kind of climates around the world, and there's like one in like the Arctic, there's one in like the Amazon, there's what, you know, they're all over the world. And they just see how long people can survive out there. And they they can tap out like they're not gonna die, right? Like they have people watching and making sure everything's okay. But the longest anyone has survived on that show is 78 days. And so if that just isn't a, a physical reminder of how much we really need each other. I don't know what really is, you know? We cannot survive this life alone. And so we've got to learn how to live in harmony because healthy relationships are worth fighting for. And so today we're actually going to be talking about, if you're taking notes, our message is going to be called Fighting the Good Fight, (laughs) right? And so we're literally going to talk about (laughs) how to have good fights. And so um, as I was just preparing, I just... I thought to myself, you know, who am I to preach about this, really? You know, I have conflict in my life all of the time. 
Just this week, I had conflict in my life, multiple times. <laughs> Yesterday, I had conflict. And it's like, who am I to preach this? I'm not perfect. I don't have it all together. You know, I don't, I don't always do things right. But I'm like thankful to God because I think sometimes he uses those of us who really aren't perfect <laughs> to preach his messages because then all the glory goes back to him. You know, it's not about me and how great I am. It's about him and how great he is and how good he is. And so, um, you know, I'm thankful for that, that he's gracious with me about that. But even just yesterday, I was in here just praying in here for a few hours just about today. And I was just laying there on the front row. And I literally was just like, Lord, (laughs) who am I to preach this? You got to encourage me because I feel like I'm not the perfect person to preach this. Um, But he sometimes does that with us, right? He wants to, like, (laughs) clean us out. (laughs) And that's why he has us do these things. But I really felt this distinct message pressed on my heart as I was laying there. And it's this. It's that you're not broken because you experience conflict. You're not broken because you experience conflict. And you haven't failed just because you've had disagreements with people. You're not less of a person because you bump heads with other people. You're just experiencing life with people. And so even Jesus had a lot of conflict, right? And he was probably the closest thing that we have to being perfect. And everybody hated him, you know? And so if Jesus had conflict, just rest your heart for a moment and go, you're not broken just because you have conflict. It's gonna happen. It's not having conflict that makes us broken. It's whether or not we're willing to work through it in a healthy way that can make us or break us. So it's not having it, it's whether we're willing to work through it, right? And so I just wanna speak to that for a moment because I think that um, some of us may have had the same kind of situations seem to keep popping up in our life over and over again. It's like we keep having these same conflicts or we keep having these same themes in our conflicts. And it's kind of like a, a record player. This that kind of like dates me, I know, but uh, how many of you guys like have ever had a record player or listened to a record? Oh my gosh, I'm so old right now. Not, so many people did not raise their hands. Okay, um, so you know, when you're playing your record and there's a scratch on it and it's trying to go around, you're gonna hear it and it's gonna keep hitting the same place and repeating the same message over and over again, right? And some of, our, some of us are living our life that way. Something scratched our heart, something scratched in our life. And we've been repeating that. We've been living that on repeat. And every situation we encounter has that same theme over it because it keeps playing over in our heads because we haven't had it healed yet. And so I think for some of us, God is asking us to go back, clean off the record, heal the scratch so that you can move forward. And so um, I just don't want us to have that repeat, repeat, repeat over every single area of our life. And that's not just, you know, that's all of us, I think, at times, right? That's me. That's me. And I know some of us have caused scratches to others in this place here. Maybe you've broken hearts here, too. I think none of us are without sin in this room. None of us has ever lived our life without accidentally or intentionally hurting someone. We've all done it. And so there's nobody in here that is higher or lower. We're all equal. We're all just here trying to figure this out together. 
And so just hear me when I say that I think the people in your life and my life, they need us to heal those scratches and they need us to not give in uh, or to not give up, but they need you to lean in and to heal. And so I'd even just kind of dare to say that conflict itself actually can be really beneficial if we let it be because it actually reveals to us what needs fixing in our life. And so um, today, this is for all of us. This is a message for all of us. And so we're going to start, we're just going to talk about some really unhealthy ways to deal with the conflict. And we're going to talk about some healthy ways to deal with conflict and what scripture says about that. And hopefully, we can learn how to represent Jesus really well with the way we handle and we lean into conflict in our life. And so where do we start? So I think the first thing to say is that we we all have to engage in a little bit of pre-conflict work, okay? So what I mean by that is we need to make space in our life for self-reflection because everyone has a lens that they see their life through, whether that's your family, whether that's your religion, whether that's your traditions that you grew up with, whether that's your culture that you grew up in, whether that's your personality or maybe some pain or trauma that you experienced. We all have different lenses and some of us have more lenses than others. And I kind of wanted to just show like a couple of examples. You know, when I have on these lenses, they're pink, right? What do you think? Do you see me? Uh, we have, I have on a, a, a lens, it's got a film over it, right? And every time I look at something blue, it's gonna look more purple to me. So in reality, it's not gonna look quite right, is it? If I've got my lens that's a, t- a different color, it's not maybe gonna show the reality of the situation. Or maybe this is just the lens which I see things, and somebody else, maybe they have a different lens, right? I thought these were really cool. There's a lot of different facets to these. I can't see anything at all. I'm gonna probably fall over if I try to take another step. But maybe this lens has like lots of scratches on this record, right? And if I'm walking through life, trying to see things through this broken lens that has 100 different angles, I'm not gonna see things at all, right? I'm gonna really struggle. And so our goal today is to take off, to ask God to do some clearing off of the lenses, right? Taking off of the, oh, are you, turn around. Oh, you guys know what my kids call me, right? They say they am like her. And then they told me today when I put these on, they're like, see, it's, it is, you just look just like her. Okay, I know, they got me. <laughs> but true, right? Like if we have these lenses on, we're not gonna be able to see things clearly. And so our goal is to go and do some self-reflection, right? Hopefully I don't really look like that in real life. Um, <laughs> but that let God some do some work in us, right? Uh, Psalm 139, 23 to 24 says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. So, you know, we need to talk to the Lord and then talk to, talk to another person, maybe a trusted counselor who can help you process those things. And I think it's really important to let the people in our, ni- in our lives know about our lenses too. Like, you know what? I've walked through life, I've experienced this, and so it's hard for me to see things sometimes the same way or I enter it and sometimes I have this pain and it causes me to react and I'm working through it. So can you be patient with me, right? And, but I think when we're honest with people and we let people know our vulnerabilities, 
they actually draw closer to us. It doesn't push them away. It makes, us, it makes them care about us more. It makes them want to cover us and protect us and be like, yeah, I got your back because I know you've been through that, and so I want to look out for you. And so it's important for us to, to self-reflect, but then to other, always to share with other people as well. Yep, small group, plug, shameless plug for small groups. That's right. Um, but I think another thing is to just admit our own penchant for sin. We all have a penchant to be selfish, don't we? Like it or not, we do. <laughs> but I think it's just admitting our own our own leaning towards that at different times. We're all on equal footing here and knowing the difference, you know, what it, what it is to be living sinfully, doing things sinfully or doing things God's way. And so today we're just gonna, we're gonna dive right into scripture. We're gonna just go ahead and we're gonna talk about what some of those things are. And so um, we're gonna first talk about some unhealthy ways. You guys ready? We're gonna talk about some unhealthy ways to deal with conflict. So we're gonna talk about the three Gs. Grudges, ghosting, and gossiping. You guys hear it? These are, it's not, all of the, it's not all the ways, it's what we got time for. So, <laughs> but these are some ones that I see that impact people the most. And so let's talk about grudges. Okay, so grudges is really just willingly holding on to an offense. And I would even say choosing revenge over reconciliation to hold a grudge. And why, why would I say the word revenge? As, how is a grudge revengeful? Well, a grudge is that an intentional action to hold someone's mistakes over both of your heads. And so you're like, okay, are you sure that that's revenge? Well, yeah, because vengeance doesn't have to be loud. It doesn't have to be physical. It can be quiet. It can be secretive. It can be passive-aggressive. It can be a lot of things, right? Vengeance is not always loud. And so... The one thing that I think is important to remember is that a grudge, like vengeance, attempts to manipulate someone by making them pay either emotionally or like mentally, physically, financially, socially, whatever that is. That's what grudges do. Encourage you to act in a vengeful way. And so 1 John 4.20 says, if someone says, I love God but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he's given us this command. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers. And if there's a part of us inside that wants someone else to suffer pain for their mistakes, we need to take that to the Lord immediately because we don't love God. He's saying, you can't love me and not love someone else that I love. So you gotta work that out, right? We have to find a way to rid ourselves of grudges. Next one is ghosting. And listen, I understand there are situations that are unsafe. I'm not asking you to go back into relationships that um, you know, are um, putting you in a place of vulnerability, whether that's you know, to be abused, whether that's mentally, like we were talking about mentally, physically, spiritually, whatever. Okay, I'm not asking you to re-enter those kinds of things. Proverbs talks about um, actually, Proverbs talks about putting up healthy boundaries. It says, guard your heart, for out of it flows the wellsprings of life. And so you have to guard your heart from an unhealthy relationships. So I'm not saying don't do that. Um, but I am saying um, that there are situations where that's not the case, right? And so ghosting is just, um, it's, uh, it's, it's actually choosing to ignore another person because of your own unwillingness to confront an issue, Right? And so it's really an emotional abandonment. 
of sorts. And it, and it actually is traumatic for people. And our society is like taught us that it's totally okay to just walk away from people um, the second we have a problem with them. And that's not a healthy boundary. <laughs> that's not what we call creating a healthy boundary. People have confused that term. Like, I'm just putting up boundaries. No, you're just not working with your problem. Right? You're not being, okay, we'll talk about it. Um, it's transactional, right? It's you didn't give me what I wanted, and so I'm out. And, and I would say it's sinful. And so I think some of you in this room, you've been ghosted, and it ripped your heart out. And we'd be lying if we said that it didn't affect how we went into our next relationships with people. We probably have a wall up, or we don't have as much trust, or we're worried that they're going to abandon us too. And so ghosting to me is a, it's a symptom of one of two things. And I think it's one we talked about already with the skipping record, that something's unhealed in our hearts and that we need to go back and heal it. Um, because maybe you're afraid to engage with that because there's some things that are, feel scary um, to re-engage with that. It's like a skipping record issue. Or we just haven't matured that part of our life yet. And we just haven't learned how to communicate our feelings <laughs> or give more information or get more information on what happened in this situation, right? And so we need to learn how to work things out. Or we need to learn how to put up a healthy boundary. And so uh, ghosting is not going to be one good way to handle those issues. The next one is gossiping. You all know what gossiping is. I don't need to really spend too much time on that. If you really want to learn more about it, you can read Psalm 15. Um, but the thing about gossiping is that not only does it make a problem for you and the other person and God, right? You're already, you've got conflict there. There's smudge there. But now you've brought somebody else into it and you've smudged them too, and so you've, made, you've brought some innocent party into your problem, and you've created a, an issue for them as well. And they're not going to fix it for you. And so I think our problem is that way too often we go to the phone instead of to the throne of God, right? So put the phone down and go pray about it or work it out. But you don't need to go to somebody else and smudge them up, okay? Um, there's this lady named Tabitha Brown, and she's like, now you all have a good day, but if you can't have a good day, now don't go messing someone else's day up, okay? So <laughs> that's what I'm saying about this, all right? Ephesians 4.31 says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. So we're gonna move on. Now we get to talk about some of the healthy ways that we can actually have really good conflict. Um, the, so the first one is to get, um, well, there's four of them. One, get perspective, make amends, forgive it, and release it. So we want to get perspective. So I think it's really important to understand the other person's point of view. As we talked about, there's lenses. We all have lenses. And sometimes through our own lens, we perceive something to be a certain way. But if we don't go and ask them what was going on, how are we going to know if they meant what we felt? And so um, I think understanding your own lens and then asking questions before we start making accusations or offering solutions, right? How many of you guys have been on the other end of that where someone started making accusations and you were like, what? <laughs> that's, not what I, that's not what I meant by that. So I think some good questions that we can ask people is, hey, what did you mean when you said whatever, right? Or you could ask, I noticed you doing some action, right? What was the reason for that? Or I noticed you didn't do X, Y, Z, right? An inaction, maybe. Is there something going on that I don't know about? And I think it's so easy to just assume 
what we see on the surface is what the truth is. When it's really like a puzzle, you, you, get, you see one little tiny piece of that puzzle, but there's like a whole big puzzle that needs to get put together before you can really see things accurately, right? So get information. <laughs> Ask first, ask good questions. So chief sinner here, I, I am really terrible about assuming the worst at times through, because of my own lenses, right? And so it can be really easy to draw a negative conclusion off one tiny detail. We have to be wiser than that. And we have to be brave enough to ask good questions to people without assuming the worst, right? The next one is to get God's point of view. Because I think sometimes that, you know, we go into situations and we just see our point of view and then what we think the other person's point of view is. And we wonder, you know, what the heck is going on here? Why can't we seem to figure this out, right? And so I think it's really good for us to just go into the presence of God after that and go, okay, God, what am I missing here? Where are you in this? What are you doing here? What are you doing in me? What do you need me to know right now? Because I'm missing something, because there's always their perspective, our perspective, and then God's perspective. And he sees things at a different perspective and he can give us the wisdom that we need to get through it. Next thing is we need to make amends. Um, I always just say, just relentlessly, just, just choose right now to be the first one to reach out to, to make amends, to make things right. Just don't let things fester because even just the week I had something bothering me that happened earlier in the week and it just tainted my whole week because I didn't talk to the person about it. It festered and I just was like, it made me so just feel yucky. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about? And um, when you let things fester, it just, it really affects you and it makes everything awkward and weird until you figure it out. And so finally I just was like, okay, you said this, and this is what it felt like to me. And they're like, this is not what I meant at all. <laughs> That's not what I meant at all. And so in that moment, I was like, okay, I'm really glad I actually said something because it was really tainting my heart. It was, taint- it was creating another lens for me. And so all we can try to do is just begin a respectful conversation, right? Just try to begin a respectful conversation just be the first one to try and make it right if you can. And um, don't just don't depend on other people to do it. You're responsible for your heart, right? Only you are responsible for your heart. And so Colossians 3, 12 to 14 says, since God chose you to be the holy people, he loves you. You must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. And remember the Lord forgave you and so you must forgive others. And above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you're called to live in peace. And always be thankful. I love how you just threw that one in there. And always be thankful. <laughs> it was so random. I mean, I could have just read that verse to you, and then we could have all gone home, and then we would have still had a great message today, right? Because that right there is enough for us to chew on and try to figure out for ourselves for a while, right? But I think that this gives us a great guideline. And I think that that is when we're going to, in to have these conversations to make amends. This is our guideline. This is our standard. And so we want to position ourselves um, for the positive. 
And so we want to start our conversations from a heart of love and kindness and compassion, not anger and frustration and accusation and telling someone off. I don't know how many of you have ever had that where you're just like, you're heated in the moment and you're like, well, I'm going to let them know how it is and they're going to hear it. You know, um, I've been there. <laughs> I've totally been there. And does it ever end well? No. Because who likes to become at with that kind of energy, right? Nobody, nobody wants to become at like that. And so we have to be able to have self-control. We have to be able to choose before we go into that situation that we're gonna come at it from a heart of kindness and compassion and forgiveness, right? And so not only that, but I think that we need to clarify what the godly win is. What's, what's a godly win in this situation? You need to think about that before you go into that conversation. Because if you're just going into it like, I'm just gonna say some stuff and hopefully things get worked out. Well, it might not happen. I don't know what that was about. It might not happen, right? And so you wanna go into it, clarify what a godly win is out of the conversation. Is it having a clear heart? Is it stuff you need to get just get off of your heart, right? Is it finding a common ground or finding the solution? Um, is it creating a better path forward? Maybe you need to talk about some things that have been going on because there's something broken in the way that things are working. So you're like, we can't keep going this way. We need to change it so it's better going forward, right? Um, maybe it's choosing to change the way you communicate with each other. It's choosing peace over division, right? So what's the godly win, not the selfish win? Because if only one of you comes out winning, it's not winning. I just wanna say that again. If one of you comes out winning, you're not winning. You're not winning. You're crushing someone else. And why would you wanna crush your partners in life? Right? Because we're not enemies. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. And we shouldn't be trying to win. We should be trying to find a solution together, right? And so I want us to try to move past our, our natural inclinations of fight or flight because there's another way and it's called finding a solution, right? We have to fight against our natural inclinations to choose that self-control in that wise way. And so you've heard the phrase, at least I heard this phrase, I've heard, united we stand, divided you leave, which is a terrible phrase, <laughs> to be honest. And I think the one that speaks more of Christ's heart is, divided we fall and united we solve. Divided we fall and united we solve. Because if we end arguments without a solution going forward, I think we've really wasted an opportunity to become better people, a better team together, better family in Christ, better witness for Jesus. We've gotta come up with solutions. God called us to be solution bringers. And so conflict actually gives us the opportunity to make a better place. But we can't fight against each other. We need to be in it together. The next one is, just pursue that clear heart at all costs, like we talked about. Because until we work that junk out, it's gonna stick to every situation going forward, and everything's gonna be a little tainted by that. And so I have a little just um, example that I wanna use for you of what it looks like when we choose not to have a clear heart. And so you see some pictures of me and my family up here. Um, my printer was weird with colors, so just ignore those strange colors, okay? So let's say that someone hurts me, and this is some peanut butter, okay? Yeah, I know, you can, you, it's yucky, right? So I have stuff on me now, right? 
There it is. Now, every time I go into a relationship after this, guess what happens? That person has junk on them too, right? But there, I, I didn't get rid of mine, did I? I just passed it along. And again, same thing, right? Sorry. We're all covered in junk now, aren't we? And I'm not any less covered in junk. I just keep passing it on. So if we don't take the time to actually go back to the one who hurt us, go back and clear off our hearts, we're just going to remain nasty and covered up. So it's so important that we actually take the time to do that self-reflection like we talked about so that we don't keep hurting other people, right? We have to go back, take the time, and clear it off. You guys get it, right? Anyways, that's it's gross. It takes a lot of work, apparently, to clean up our junk. So just, yeah, take the time. Take your time. <laughs> Let the Lord do his work. So the only way to clean it off is to spend that time with the Lord and to lean in to clearing off our own heart. So we want to take it as an opportunity one more time to learn how to communicate with people more clearly as well. And so one simple way we can do that is by using I statements. So this is a very practical thing we can do. Um, it, I statements really just help you begin with a soft statement that just doesn't put the other person on a defense. So I wish someone would have told me this earlier in my marriage, but this is um, a way to, to go into a conversation with self-ownership. You literally enter into the conversation and you've processed it beforehand <laughs> and said, I feel such and such when this situation comes up. And so you're already going into it with, I know that this is affecting me this way. And so you're already in, in front of them showing that you care about them. You love them because you're willing to own yourself. You're willing to own your own misgivings, right? Or you're willing to own your feelings at least, right? And so when someone sees that you're serious enough to own your own emotions, they're going to feel way more safe to engage in a healthy dialogue with you. But if you come at it from, when you do this, blah, 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 that makes me go blah, blah, blah. And so you immediately put blame on them instead of taking self-ownership. So we need to take self-ownership. And here's an example. Um, this Just this week, I told you I had conflict this week. Um, I was making dinner for my family, and I, <laughs> when I make dinner... It is an act of love, and as those of you who have full-time jobs know that when you take a couple of hours to chop all the veggies and cook the meat and all the things, that is a sacrificial act of love for other people because it takes a lot of time and energy. And so I'm in there, finished dinner, and I'm like, hey, guys, um, dinner's ready. Nothing. Hey, guys, dinner's ready. Nothing. Dinner's ready, and I'm frustrated. Okay, I'm getting frustrated the more I say it, the more I'm like, Come on. So after a while, nothing happens. I'm sitting there for a while, and nobody comes in. And so I'm like, making myself a plate, and I walk out. I'm just being honest with you guys, okay? I walk out, and I'm like, I'm just going to have my own dinner by myself in. You guys can cook your own dinner. Yes, I'm still an immature little toddler sometimes. And so my family's like, what's wrong with her? 
Well, come to find out, if I would have just asked them what was going on, I would have found out that nobody could hear me because we live in this house with 75-year-old walls that are like very thick plaster. And no one can hear anyone from like one room to the next because everything's all like chopped up. We don't have like the big open space, like the new modern houses. And so they're like, we just didn't hear you. And so I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> so I had to eat the humble pie and just apologize to them. And I, just, and I just said, you guys, when I make dinner and they put in all this effort and no one comes to eat it, it feels like a rejection to me. And so I reacted that way. But I'm, I'm sorry because it wasn't okay for me to act that way. And they were like, it's fine. I already forgot about it. <laughs> you know, they moved on. But I was all worked up and I needed to clear my heart off, right? And so we had, I had to learn how to go back and express what I was actually feeling. And so was it a perfect apology? No. But did it clear things up? Yes. And so um, to close things out, I think um, it just, we have to make the choice. We have to make the choice to then take all of that and either forgive or apologize. And we have to be able to be willing to eat that humble pie and just go, your heart matters to me. And because I care about you, I wanna solve this problem. Because I care about the people in my life, I'm not going to hold on to that junk. I'm gonna do everything I can to clear off my own heart. And so um, Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving to one another, just as Christ has forgiven, to, has forgiven you. And in the end, we have to just give it to God because there will be times when people don't want to reconcile with you and they may not accept your apology or they may not want to talk it out with you. And at that moment, reconciliation isn't yet possible. And we have to just give that to God and say, God, I'm going to do everything that I can to be right before you and to be right with others. And then I'm gonna give the rest to you. I didn't say it's never possible, but in the moment, everyone has to be ready for it. So in the meantime, let God do what he needs to do and trust that he's in charge of your life and trust that he cares about the details as well. So Romans, and this is the final, final piece of that, Romans 12, 17 to 21 says, never pay back evil with more evil, do things in such a way that everyone can see that you are honorable. Do all that you can to live at peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. And instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. And in doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. And that is so easy to say, but so hard to do. In the moment when someone is accusing you or slandering or gossiping about you and choosing vengeance or grudges, it's hard to then just bless them, isn't it? But that's who we're called to be. And that's the kind of love that God gives us, that while we were still sinners he gave his life for us and that's who he's calling us to be and so um, i know that this is kind of heavy and it's a lot and some of us may be going i have to make some things right with some people in my life um, or i need to tell someone about what my lenses are or maybe you need to 
work through some things, right? You need to tell someone what they did that maybe hurt your feelings or ask some questions, right? Get more information. And so I just wanna give us some time and some space to process. There's gonna be prayer teams up here today that if you need someone to pray with you, please come receive some prayer. If you need to pull someone aside, pull someone aside and talk about it with them. Um, And as we go into worship, maybe that's your self-reflection time, whatever that is for you. Um, But relationships are worth it. They're worth the fight. So let's be people who commit to fighting the good fight with people and not fighting for our own selfish purposes, but so that we can represent Christ well. God, I thank you so much that you showed us, you were the example of how to handle conflict in our life. You were the perfect example of how to love people even as they hurt you. You forgave so willingly and so freely, and you work things out with people in a way that was so beautiful. And so God, I just thank you for your example, and I pray would you give us the strength and the power and the ability to be able to live the way you live. We love you in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's message at Voice Church. We hope it inspired you to live a life more faithfully for Jesus and to be a voice of hope for your community. We'd love for you to join us in person on a Sunday. And until then, we hope you have a beautiful week.